Okay. I want to go back to something you said in your previous example about time and yes. about like the time it takes, like letting something go. Because one of the biggest things that I notice is that people have a hard time letting their manifestations go, their intentions yeah. go, the things that they desire, um, because they desire them so much. And, you know, one question that I was asked, or that I asked you, um, you know, when I sent you the questions is that, is it persistence, positivity? What do you think? Do you think that you need to hold on to the desire, the intent, or do you think you just need to be positive about it and then just let it go and not think about it? Because I, I mean, just from my perspective, I agree a lot of times we get our manifestations, we're not even thinking about them. They just come out of the blue. It's something that you put on the shelf and then all of a sudden, oh, oh, that's right. I've thought about that a year ago. But then- That's the free cup of coffee. Yeah, like the free cup of coffee. And then, then you have things that it's like, oh, you know, I want to buy a house. I want to buy a house. You know, I want to get out of this housing situation. And it takes years. <laughs> and you're just sitting there worried and waiting. So what do you think is more effective what do you think um, is more powerful from your perspective? I think to go back to it, trust and control. Mm -hmm. So if I have a desire to live in a mansion and, and, and I, I put it on my storyboard, and, and it becomes something that is on my mind. I meditate upon it day and night. In order for it to manifest, I have to let it go. Mm -hmm. But because we do not trust the law of uh, attraction and manifestation, we want to hold on to control. Mm. I want to manifest this by myself. So we don't trust putting it out there onto the universe. We, we don't trust the, the universe to manifest it for us. We, we put it there and then we want to put our own timelines on it. I want to make, I want to do this. I want to get this done. I want to get this done. Um, so we, we eventually hold on to it because we want to control it. And we don't want to let go because we don't trust mm -hmm. that if I let this go, it, we, we think it may never come true. It may never manifest. So we hold on with hopes that for as long as I have it in my hand, I will never receive. Right. But little do we forget that if you take both your hands and I have with me these three pens, right? And let's say I present to you first two pens and I give you one and say you can only hold one pen in one hand and I give you this first one and you hold on to it. And then I give you the next one mm -hmm. and you hold on to it with a different hand. But I have another pen that I have not shown you that you need to let go of either one or both of these pens in order for me to give you the one I have in my hand. Right. Now, for as long as you're holding on to these two, 
I will not be able to introduce something better into your life. Okay. So let us put it this way. I am the universe. Mm -hmm. I have given you the power to dream. I have given you the power to create with your thoughts and your mind so that you are able to manifest things. But the condition is you, you, you must also teach others how to dream and how to manifest. So that is you giving it away. Right. Now, once you learn to give these away, I am in a position to manifest what is better mm -hmm. to you and for you. So we don't trust that this universe that I'm putting this out to is eventually going to give me what is better. So we hold on to it because we, it, it's simply that we don't trust and we still want to control. Okay. But here's the beauty about it. We only just need to let go of a little first and then we see things happening. And then we let go of a little bit more. So life allows us the space and grace to release a little, mm -hmm. to trust a little, and then trust a little bit more until we trust fully and wholly. And then we can manifest because we've allowed the universe to work these things for us. Okay. So now one challenge that I kind of had to deal with was this pandemic, this global pandemic that we just are still going through for the most part. And I, when things first started happening, I, I did a show about, you know, the, your relationship to reality and things like the coronavirus and then, you know, government restrictions. What's your perspective on this? Like when you have these external things that start putting control onto your world, so to speak, and then you have a belief system that's based in the law of attraction and manifestation and intention where you are using your imagination to create your reality, but then your reality goes haywire. You know, you, people are getting sick, people are dying, you know, you've got to wear masks, all these different things. How do you um, reconcile both of those things? So to build, you have to destroy. Okay. Right. Um, for something, for there to be order, the first has to be disorder. In order for things to go in a particular way, there has to be chaos. But chaos is more like things shuffling around. And when things start to shuffle around, you have to stand back at first and let things be. Because you, you want to see what is coming at you. Because if, if, for example, I'm always getting invitations to do something, um, I just need to deal with the light here. Can just... okay. Thank you. So if, I'm, if I always find myself in a position where there's so much coming at me and I'm always receiving, I'll burn myself out. So okay. there has to be that chaos that comes in so that when I'm overwhelmed, I can say stop. Mm -hmm. 
So we then had this thing, this ability to command things. But we command from within and we say, Zibu say, take a step back, stop everything. Okay. Assess what is important to you. And once you've assessed what is important to you, put it in order. So with, with COVID-19 and, and the subsequent lockdown, most people found themselves having to work from home. Mm-hmm. And they were overwhelmed by the amount of work that they had to do while they're home. Mm-hmm. So in the first couple of weeks, a month or two, they would be taking in everything that comes in. And then most of them started thinking, no, wait, I, I need time for myself because now I'm quickly burning out. Mm-hmm. And so people then took the time to stop and say, I'm going to have a structure. How do I prefer to work? Do I like to work in the mornings, afternoon, or in the evenings? And then people then started structuring themselves into how they want to do things. So for me, not not taking away from those who have lost their jobs, those who, who find themselves unable to cope with everything that's happening in their lives, not taking away from them. Let's bring it back to you and I. You've been able to do so much more. Probably without the lockdown, without COVID, your doing the podcast may have taken another year mm-hmm. because of everything else you would have had to be doing out there. Um, the shows, the, sh- the, 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 the shows that I've told you about that we've been doing would not have been possible had it not been for COVID-19 and the lockdown. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of chaos, there's an opportunity to find order and to make sense of things. So we need to see what we can manifest out of the chaos. Um, if I may just take you to a story in the Bible, uh, Genesis 1, where they say, in the beginning, the earth was without form. Mm-hmm. So because there was no form, it gave God the opportunity to create something. Right. So because in the beginning of this COVID-19 and the lockdown, there was no form to anything, it gave us an opportunity to create and, and mold our lives into what we want them to be. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to this beautiful sermon where the question was, what will you be after COVID-19, after coronavirus, after the lockdown? Where will you be? Who will you be? Mm-hmm. So this chaos that we see ourselves, or I, I've come to say, this seemingly chaos that we, we see ourselves now, right. how are you reusing it to, to create and manifest? Are you asking me? Don't worry, it's a rhetorical question. <laughs> okay, like, got it. <laughs> how, how are we using it as, as a people, just uh-huh. generally? How are we using it? Okay. Um, I, I, I knew, probably I didn't know or knew of Zoom. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But here we are. I am on Zoom. I can navigate my way around. I understand how this, some of these things work. 
Yes. But prior to that, I would not have known. Right. The world has been talking, particularly us here in South Africa, we've been talking about the fourth industrial revolution. Okay. Going into the digital era, doing things online and all of that. I promise you, a lot of companies, a lot of people would not have embraced technology until probably in about three, five years' time, and others would still would have been resistant to it. Right. But thankfully, came this pandemic, and we all found ourselves having to work from home, learning the different platforms where, where we can learn, where we can do meetings, where we can converse with friends, mm-hmm. where we can... Like, it's in the morning there, it's in the afternoon here, and look, we are here. Right. And because of the pandemic. So I would then ask, is the pandemic bad? Right. Somebody would say, I'm being insensitive because some people died. Mm -hmm. And then I say, well, we don't know what those people were going through within themselves. Right. During the time where they were struggling with their health. Mm -hmm. What I've come to learn is, if, if I fall sick today and I say, I'm tired, I just want to, I just want this all to end, I want to die. Right. My wish, my, my wish is granted. It's not even a wish. What I want to manifest will eventually happen. Right. So a person still has the will within themselves to fight. Mm-hmm. We, we, we've seen it throughout when, even in movies, people are spoken to when they are in coma and say, come on, I know you can fight this. You can come back. You know, there have been theories about reading a book to someone who's in coma for them to come out and it's been proven. Mm -hmm. So even when somebody, for someone who is dying, unless we can conclusively have a conversation with them after they had died and ask them, what was your conversation in the last hour with your maker. Did you ask to die? Did you say you want to die? Did you, did you give up or did you give in or did you just simply say, I surrender? Right. Did you still want to live? You know, um, I believe that most likely they would say at, that part, at a certain particular moment, I had made the choice that it's enough. Right. I want to. Right? Yes, the, the, the sickness had brought them to that point where they had to make that decision. But eventually all of us get to manifest what is within us. Right. And, I also, and I've also learned this very important thing. We do not manifest what is out there. Right? We, we don't. As, as Nicole... When, when you were created, everything, every little thing that you will ever need is inside of you. Mm-hmm. Physically, spiritually, and otherwise. It's, it's encapsulated in your DNA. It's there. So when we, and, and that's why, and, and listen to this, the law of attraction. So attraction is bringing, mm-hmm. in this context, is bringing towards you 
what you desire. So attraction works on positive and negative. But if both are positive, they repel. But when you have a positive and a negative, then you can attract. So inside of you is this desire. Mm -hmm. So you have mm -hmm. to put it out there and say, universe, I'm ready. You're putting it out there and then you're letting it go. Letting go is the negative charge that you send out. Okay. And then okay. you then start attracting it towards you in whatever form. And that's why we can never make sense of how it happens. It happens. Right. We know and we have the faith that it happens, but we don't know how. And the how is not for us to figure out. Right. But our, our task is to teach people that there is the law of attraction and there is the law of manifestation. And it's not a rule. There's a difference between a rule and a law. Okay. A okay. rule. So in your house, you have created rules for your children. Mm -hmm. You will do this, you will not do this. But there is a law in the country that is applicable to everyone. Right. Even those who created the law themselves are bound by that law. So a law is universal. It doesn't matter whether um, you are in Canada, New York, or you are here in Pretoria, the law still applies. The law right. of attraction still applies. You have to put it out there. You have to attract what you want. And if you keep attracting what you don't want, then look into your subconscious. What are you conscious of being? Right. So you cannot say, I want to be a billionaire, and yet you are conscious of being just a hundred near. Right. So, so you, you're dealing with hundred dollars, you're dealing with 200 rands, and, and, and yet at the same time, you're thinking, I want to be a billionaire, or I am a billionaire. But mm -hmm. you are conscious of being this person who's living in scarcity. So in order for you to say, I want to be a billionaire and, I'm, and I want that to manifest. We then need to be conscious of being a billionaire. And then we can put it out there and then start attracting it. So somebody might say, yeah, well, you big mouth, why aren't you a billionaire? Well, it's something yeah. I've also learned, you know? It's something I've also learned very recently that I need to work on my subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. What am I conscious of being? And that's the beauty of life, that we are all in this journey. And because we are in a journey, the journey is continuous. Yes. And we learn as we go along. So I'm starting to recalibrate my subconscious. I've fed my subconscious mind over three decades mm -hmm. with a certain narrative. It's not going to take me two months or three months to change all of that. Right. So I need to rewire myself and feed myself things that are different. So to share also a, a personal experience, I've struggled with receiving affirmation. Okay. So people would say, you are powerful, you are fantastic, you're an amazing speaker, you're amazing this. And I'd say, okay, thank you, but subconsciously I was not receiving it. Right, yeah. 
you're such an awesome person. Like all of those compliments, I would receive them and think, okay, yeah, but that's still not me. Right. Up until again, during this pandemic where I had to accept it and say, oh, yes, this is me. This is Mm -hmm. how I Mm -hmm. am. And open the door to my subconscious so that my subconscious could also now start listening to what has been fed to my consciousness. Okay. So then it started filtering into my subconscious and then working its way outward. And that is still a process that is happening, which is why if, if you had contacted me, let's say six months ago, I would have said, wow, me? Why me? No, but you know what? No, sorry, I'm, I'm, I don't know about, I, I, you know, I would have given you tons of excuses mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I didn't feel enough. I didn't feel worthy. But because I've allowed the affirmations to enter into my subconsciousness, I am mm-hmm. therefore in a position to receive and participate in such conversations. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's growth. Yeah. I know kind of going a little bit to you know dealing with your programming um and i I told you i have three kids that are on the autism spectrum and i find a lot in the manifestation community it's really you're not allowed to have you know things that are wrong in your life but still be successful it's like everything has to be perfect you have to be making the right amount of money you have to have the picture perfect life. But the truth is, is that like, even for my children, you know, and their healing and their health, they're on their own journey. You know what I mean? It, it might be a challenge for me and it might be a challenge for them if, you know, if I was kind of in tune with their perspective, but I feel less the need to have to control everything in my life and start to look at it more as an ongoing journey. Like, you know, I don't know everything. I, I might be becoming more conscious of things, but my detractors or people who give me feedback or people who are curious about the law of attraction and manifestation, and then they're like, well, you know, what about your kids? And it's like, well, you know, that's them. That's their life. That's their journey. And who knows what their future is going to be like or what they are evolving into. They might be years ahead of me as far as consciousness because they have a whole different way of interacting with the world and processing the world so much so that they you know their world is so different from my world so like I definitely get this this like sense of growth that you kind of have to go through and this sense of accepting the journey as it is instead of always looking to change it or looking to like um understand it even sometimes and just accepting it you know as you're learning how it all works you know so you know you know the amazing thing um it's almost as if at some point somebody was sitting somewhere and said this is normal this Mm -hmm. is right right and so when you say you have three children in the autism spectrum it's, and, and I love how you're putting it in the autism spectrum because we all live in different states. Mm-hmm. So that is, in their world, it is perfect. 
Right, right. There, there is absolutely nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when you look at them and they are quiet or they're sleeping, mm-hmm. you can't help but think they're such perfect children. Right. Who determines perfection? Right, right. Right? We as, as people have our own things that we go through mm-hmm. and neither of us are perfect. Mm-hmm. How do we then get to determine a standard of perfection? Right. If, if let, let, me put, let me give you this context. Um, my wife and I were talking about um, the standard of beauty. So there's the Western standard of beauty and then of healthy and then there's the African standard of health. Um, our, our grandmothers and our mothers believe that when you are thin, it's either you're stressed or you're sick okay. and there's something wrong with you. So they would want to feed you as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But when they see you all chubby and you look so voluptuous and you're so well-rounded, they would say, wow, you're so full of life. Right. You're happy. Life is good for you. And yet, a Western concept would be when you're healthy, you have to be slim, you have to be like this. Mm-hmm. And, and this voluptuous, this well-rounded person physically, then you're obese, you're fat, there's something wrong with you, you're unhealthy. Right. Who, who, who is, who, whose who standard are we working with, right? Right. So I look at you and I see a beautiful woman and I see a beautiful person. So you look at your children, you see perfect children. Mm-hmm. Because why should we judge that they are imperfect? Right. But then we miss this point. When somebody says, oh, but what's wrong with your children? Pointing to the three who are living on that autism spectrum. And then what is wrong with their children? in their world, mm-hmm. that looks wrong. Right. right. Right? In their world, that looks like a disability. Mm-hmm. Somehow they are disabled. But in your child's life, or in your children's lives, their world is perfect. Right. And, and for as long as we don't take them out of their world and box them into ours and say, I'm sorry, my child, you are in this particular spectrum and therefore you are not normal, you are classified like that, mm-hmm. we would be destroying them if we did that to them. So right. we need to keep them in their world, allow them to accept themselves. Yes. So when they go to a school where there are other children who are in the same spectrum as theirs, it's kind of saying you you are in this world and you need to know that you are not alone in this world. Right. So you need other like, like looking and like thinking people um, in the same spectrum as you are so mm-hmm. that you get to understand that you are not just an outcast, right. but you, you do have a community of other people, right? That with whom you belong. Right. And not to say that you do not belong with others, but you belong with everyone else, but you're not isolated. Yours is not an isolated person. Because the more you start thinking, 
I'm alone in this. I'm the only one different. I am the only one. Mm-hmm. Then you start feeling isolated. Yes. When you realize, oh, I'm not alone. There are others. Oh, okay. So, hey, guys, how about we hook up? Right. So, so we need to move away from taking other people's perceptions mm-hmm. or other people's worlds and bring them into our own and then accept them as the gospel truth. Right. Right. And that's, that's the biggest challenge I have. Like, I, I ended up starting a nonprofit for my kids. Well, it's for inclusion. It's to in- get people with autism and people who are quote unquote typical to interact in a friendship basis. So it's like, it's not based off of disability, like you have to do what we're doing or we have to do what you're doing, but let's have fun together and on each other's level. And the biggest challenge that I have is, you know, just getting people to understand that. Well, the one challenge is to getting like parents and families to understand it's a safe place for them to bring their kids. But um, there's a lot, I mean, I'm surprised. There are a lot of people who don't have disabilities, who really want these types of friendship spaces. And, um, but it's, it's a mindset because it, particularly you're talking about Western, you know, standards and stuff, you know, disability really doesn't have a place. It's like, it's very, uh, it's, it's a hard thing to, for people to overcome, whether it's autism or other disabilities. And it, it's a constant fight for people to be accepted just for who they are and for people to be willing to accept their challenges or, or have compassion for them even. So, but it's, you know, it's interesting. We, we're going to have to talk again because this is going to be a long show. I'm going to have to split this into two. Uh, we didn't even get into all my questions. So we're definitely going to have to talk again so that we can go into some, some more things. I would, I would love to have you on again if you're open to it. I would, I would love to, to come okay. back on. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we can talk about different things. I have to change the subject of the, of the show, too. So, <laughs> of this show. So, but yeah, no, very interesting. Very good conversation. I really appreciate your perspective. And, you know, I'm enlightened. So, <laughs> so like, yeah. you have definitely, I'm going to be thinking about these things as I edit the show and be like, oh, you know, that's a good point. So. But the, but the other thing that, that I also want to share, Nicole, before we mm-hmm. close, is this, we need to be aware of the language that we use. Mm. So you've taught me something interesting, something very powerful. You didn't say, I have three autistic children. Mm-hmm. Because when you say you have three autistic children, you're taking the autism and you're binding it into their identity. Mm-hmm. So... You said they are in, in this spectrum. Mm-hmm. So it then tells me that there are children, there are people in a particular spectrum of autism, and then there are people in a particular spectrum. So let's take somebody with, um, let's say, dementia. Okay. So they started in a particular spectrum of life, and then as time or things happened, they moved into a different spectrum of life. So they are, it, it then says life has so many highways, right? And, and, and at some point we will change a lane and get into this different one. And mm-hmm. at some point 
into different ones. It's similar to to the age bands. There's there's the toddler. There's the um the what the preteens, mm-hmm. the young young adults, and then you know we we go on into different states. So we travel through these different spectrums, if I may use that, and if we then accept that there are these different spectrums, then surely we can say there is no disability. Mm-hmm. But there are different spectrums. So they are, I don't know if spectrums is the right one or is it spectra, but yeah, we'll leave, we'll leave those to the linguist for now. Right. Um, but we, we then need to change our language and say, mm-hmm. They are not living with a disability, but they are living in a spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then we are living in a spectrum as well. Because even as ourselves, when we look inverted commas normal, we still have so many disabilities. Definitely, yes. Mm-hmm. We, we, we just brand our own disabilities differently to those that are different to us. Right. And then they, they are disabled. But there are so many people who seem disabled, who we classify as disabled, who do so much more than we can, we do. Mm-hmm. So it's in changing our language that we start seeing things differently. Right. So when, even when we attract things, when things happen, especially things that are, adver- um, when, it, when it is adversity that happens in our lives, we, we need not look at, it, look at it as adversity, as something bad, as something negative. But adversity comes, there's this quote by Carlisle, um, adversity is the diamond dust with which heavens polishes its diamonds. Okay. So when, when we then understand that adversity is this thing, that is the necessity of life. Mm-hmm. Adversity is part of life. Then we start looking at adversity differently. When we start losing people in our lives, we should see that as them being pruned out of our lives. Right. We are being prepared so that other people can come into our lives or we are being pruned from their lives because we no longer fulfill a purpose in their lives. And that we then need to fulfill a purpose in somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. So when we change our language, I believe we can start changing the world as well. I agree. I agree. Language is key. I do believe in that as well. Yeah. Okay. I would love to thank you for uh, having this conversation with me. And uh, I'm going to schedule you to come back on at some point. <laughs> uh, but this is going to be a two, two-part show. So we'll do part one for Friday, and then I'll probably do part two for next Friday. And, um, okay. and then and we'll, we'll come up with some good things to talk about. We'll see what kind of feedback we get. So, um, so I'm going to um, thank you, Zabuse, for joining me. Uh, please, uh, tell people how they can reach you. Um, how they can contact you. Since we have Zoom, you can get people from all over the world for coaching, right? Do you do your coaching yes. through Zoom and stuff? Yes. Okay. So, um, so on Facebook, I'm Zibuse L. Kunene. Okay. And then on Twitter, it's Inka Zimulo Coaching. Uh, it's I-N-K-A-Z-I-M-U-L-O Coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on Tumblr, 
with the same uh, handle. And then uh, where else? Instagram, Zibuseke, mm -hmm. Z-I-B-U-S-E-K. Okay. And the, the conversations that you have, that's on uh, Instagram and Facebook? The conversations happened on Instagram and now we've moved them to Facebook Live. Okay. So what I'll do is when we've scheduled the next one, I'll also send you a link. Okay. Um, and, and, the, and the flyer as well. Okay, awesome. Okay. And I've well, enjoyed this conversation, eh? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, yeah. I'm going to close out the show. This has been Live Love Lux, Manifesting the Life Unlimited. Thank you for joining. Talk to you soon.